0: Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Hello, everyone. It's that time for the Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they tone sometimes and now here's your host john c morley so they're going to be able to have that and because they're going to have what they call bvlos which is another acronym we love to have acronyms in the technology space and it stands for beyond visual line of sight that's a bvlos i don't think too many people are going to be calling it a bvlos i don't know (laughs) No, not so at all. they're saying that the BVLOS uh, is going to be a game changer for the drone industry because now they're going to be able to inspect areas of their farm that might often get overlooked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you can't see those tiny locations or that's kind of like far hidden off all the time and you can't mm-hmm. get to them and, and and then you can get a a clearer image of of, of those areas you, you, you know t- i think that's really going to simulate you know uh, uh stimulate you know a lot of more healthier growth uh, mm-hmm. for for the overall you know uh, for all of the crops you know not just not just for those not just for those areas once you once you take care of those areas you, you're going to see the rest of the areas fl- fl- uh, fluster more you know so
1: but let's talk about the cost, so uh, you know I always like to get into that a typical drone awesome. <laughs> a typical drone in u s dollars uh, that is able to you know do some you know basic tasks such as you know spraying and stuff like that. Uh, we're sitting right in and have a basic you know camera on there. We're looking right around eighteen thousand dollars. Wow. So I'm okay. wondering
2: you know compared to the to the airplane you know uh is this is this going to be a lot less
1: <laughs> Yeah so that that's my concern because when you think about what farm equipment would normally cost they're saying it's going to take about 3 years roughly to be able to pay for uh, a drone now they're just saying a drone they're not saying multiple drones right So I don't know. Uh, And and they're saying that uh, the equipment actually uh, has now dropped in price. This is where it was a few years ago. It's dropped down to maybe just around 10 grand. So that makes it a lot easier for a small farmer to be able to, uh, you know, see their uh, ROI or be able to invest in a second drone. Mm -hmm. The drone never gets sick but i'm sure drones have breakdowns we don't talk about that very much the other concern i have is for the animals like the birds and yeah other creatures out there do they know to stay away from the drone
2: that's an interesting question yeah
1: it's very interesting
2: <laughs> yeah because we we know sometimes birds get caught up in the and in, in the propellers of um airplanes sometimes so yes uh head-on collision with a with a drone anybody (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. and i think with the plane though it happens for a slightly different reason Mm -hmm. uh it almost has like a a force that pulls it backwards okay into it so if it's too close it'll kind of suck it right in and then cause more damage with this Uh, The propellers are going around and if they're flying and the bird doesn't see it, it could literally just fly too low and, you know, have a problem because it flies right into one of the propellers. Exactly. So operators and manufacturers are now starting to make the case for these restrictions to be lifted because there are a lot of restrictions that argue that the BVLOS flying would be a game changer if the drone industry and that. Is safe because of developments in onboard safety technology. Hey, they read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I think they're trying to go that way, but we're not there yet. And that's going to be things like sense and avoid systems, such as uh, what you'd find on your car. Uh, If you get too close to the side or uh, the front of your car, the back of the car starts to beep. And then the closer you get, it beeps louder and then has lights. So The the more lights that come on, you know that you're getting close, and when that beep changes to a a different tone, well, you know you're going to hit something very quickly, so you better put the car in reverse or uh, change course in your direction. But I think safety is going to be a big concern, and I don't think this is something they're going to come up with overnight, right?
2: No, not at all. It's going to take a lot more than just one day, a couple months to figure this thing out.
1: Yeah, so I I'm really happy to see where we're going, but I know that if this goes where it's supposed to, it's gonna take a lot more than one drone. I think farmers aren't gonna start buying this. This is my opinion, until it starts getting around the three, four thousand dollar mark. I think a ten, eleven thousand dollar mark is a lot for a small farmer.
2: Yeah, definitely you can't fork that all up. Um Up front. So, like you said, bringing down the cost, maybe it makes sense, especially if you got a good ROI uh, with this thing.
1: Yeah, And the company that's actually been um, working with this with a lot of uh, farmers is called Adama, A-D-A-M-A, Limited. And their uh, job is that they're one of the world's leading crop protection companies. Did you even know that we had something like that? A crop protection company. So, I guess the job uh, that they have is to make sure that the farmers' uh, uh, livestock and their uh, produce and their plants uh, don't get damaged and that they are always fertile and they produce and they're able to have a return on their investment.
2: Well, that's definitely a good thing. And again, as long as these guys do their homework and they continue to revealed what the reports are saying, I think we'd get a thumbs up on this.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. But again, I'm happy to see that drones are being used in an area that's not just for only delivering packages, like for Walmart and for Amazon. So I'm very happy with this uh, potential breakthrough and where it's going. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But in other news, uh, Google is settling a case for 3.8 3.8 million
2: Holy moly
1: Yeah You have to wonder you know if they're going to settle they're wrong right Yeah automatically And so Google's going to pay 3.8 million to settle allegations that it was discriminating against women and Asians announced in the U.S. Department of Labor. Now I'm sorry. I just don't play that way to discriminate against anyone race, religion, sexual orientation, gender. I mean, that's just wrong. color, uh, political uh, denomination. I mean, what were they thinking? I mean, I, what did these companies think, Marcus, because they have so much money, they can just do whatever they want?
2: that's what it sounds like i, I think they,
1: they might have lost you there Marcus get beside themselves a little uh, and play their,
2: they tend they tend to go they tend to go uh, by their own routine and and then ignore what's supposed to be uh supposed to be you know, so so this is why they get hit with these lawsuits and, you know, hey, big.
1: Yeah, if they would just take the responsibility, Marcus, and own up in the beginning and not be such, like, pompous fools, I think people would have more respect for them. And I also believe that they would be um, more of a profitable company. I mean, these companies don't have an issue with revenue. But I'm sure this is hurting them a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's definitely. It, I mean, it's hurting their reputation. Uh, it's, it's you know more so than their pocketbooks. And and and, and the more these cases they got to settle out, it, it's going to make people turn turn their heads a little bit a little bit more. And you know and they they're going to have to really start answering the questions of those who are inquiring about what's really going on.
1: Exactly. And speaking about, you know, big players, uh, Tim Cook, we all know Tim Cook uh, from Apple, uh, may have just ended Facebook. Looks like he's no more Mr. Nice Guy. (sighs) What is he thinking in this recent speech in Brussels, uh, you know, marking International Data Privacy Day? The Apple CEO, Tim Cook, went on the offensive against Mark Zuckerberger and Facebook. And Cook's speech seemed to be a direct response to Facebook's recent attack on Apple in where they're going in the world of the largest social networking tool. All because of Apple's new privacy changes. But what's most interesting is that Cook took a direct aim at Facebook without ever mentioning the company by name. Ooh. <laughs> That's below the belt. <laughs> it is. Why can't these companies, and I've said this before, learn to play in the same sandbox together?
2: It's, it's, it's a big ego thing. It's, it's, it's a big... You know, I I got the big big bank account, too, and I, I want to take, take take you down, you know, if you're not going to play by my or respect me in this matter.
1: It was like that girl a long time ago. She would say, you know, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to and I'll just cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what these people are thinking, but it also takes me back to something that I remember. Um, when I was talking to a doctor not too long ago, uh, many years ago, actually, he had a very pompous attitude and I just said to him, and he was only a couple of years older than me. And when I said something to him, he was very nasty. So I made a comment to him that, you know, you're just wanting to put me in surgery, by the way, I didn't do surgery, Mm -hmm. but he was like, uh, yeah, we're going to need to do surgery. On it. I said, I don't think I really need surgery. And I think you're just looking to finance your new sports car for yourself or your significant other. He just kind of stopped. <laughs> Didn't say anything. And I said, you know, Doc, I said, regardless of whether you're a couple years older or younger than me, which you are, I put my slacks on the same way you do every morning left foot, right foot, or right foot, left foot. Why are we so different?
2: (laughs) It's it's the elite attitude.
1: (laughs) I find this a lot, and and I have respect for surgeons, but there's some out there, Marcus, that they're playing the God complex, aren't they? Yeah. You know, like I saved your life, Well, let's talk about a person that flies a plane, right? Mm. He saved your life, too, by getting you there safely. But he doesn't have that high and mighty attitude. No. All these people are going to be brought down because, you know, they fly high for a long time. And they're going to make one mistake. And I don't wish it on anybody. But they're going to make that one mistake. And they're not going to be able to get out of it. And the insurance is probably going to cover them on malpractice. And then their malpractice is going to go up and they're going to be like, look, you do this again, we're going to drop your coverage. I think it has to hit them really in the heart. And when I mean heart, I mean the heart of their wallet.
2: Yeah, once once they see that the riches are rolling backwards instead of forwards, I think they will start to wake up a little bit, you know, or at least panic a little bit and and start to smell the roses. But this this is just atypical. This is what we've been dealing with for for countless, countless generations. Just these type of people we have groomed to, to 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 take over and these these large companies
1: now tim cook was never a bad guy but i think he was really pushed i don't think it was really in him to do this but uh, mark you know really uh sent him some messages that i don't think were too kind or professional
2: Yeah, that sounds a lot like Mark.
1: (laughs) Mark was, you know, this kid for a long time when he first started the company. He said he didn't care about money, but he had this attitude that was just like, you know, I'm mightier than anything. And whatever I want is what goes. Just his respect for people. uh, I mean, you remember the movie. I'm not going to get into that on the show, but that movie and how he took someone else's idea. Yeah. And then he just blew it off like it was nothing. And he treated his friends like dirt. And they were trying to help him succeed. And all he kept doing, Marcus, was just stepping on people to get to the top. I mean, some people do that, but I don't think that's the right way. Because if you step on them going to the top, well, you're going to have to trip over them when you go down. Exactly. And no one's going to catch you. (laughs) And you can see his eyes in this picture that he's really not happy with the statements he's having to make, but he's doing it because he's defending himself. If somebody hits you, I know we're always taught to turn the other cheek, but how many times are you going to turn the other cheek if somebody hits you in the stomach? I mean, eventually you're going to slug them, right? You're not going to yeah. say, well, hey, you know, you hit me. Uh, yeah.
0: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: I want to just keep turning the other cheek. Yeah, I don't ever want to hit you. Hey, look, you Cedar, hit me. You hit me Cedar again. Cedar I'm gonna, I'm gonna, show, I'm gonna knock you out.
2: Right, Zedard or, or or some messed up guts, and and uh, I don't think anybody wants any messed up guts.
1: No, so I think this is just the beginning of where things are going to go, and it's going to get very messy as the months evolve.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: I think we might even be seeing another lawsuit, and possibly there's a very good shot that Mr. Zuckerberger could be removed. I'm not saying definitely, but if he doesn't watch his step, he may be removed to protect that company. And let's face it, Mark does not own the entire company of Facebook. He he has a good percentage of it. And if that company's going to go down, you think they're going to be just keeping Mark up there because they're his best friend? No way. If the company's going down, they're going to get rid of him or at least demote him.
2: Yeah, because at this point, he's he's just been very wild, and he, he has just as many beefs as rappers, and it's um, getting yep. pretty, pretty getting pretty out of hand.
1: He's got a loaded gun, and he doesn't know what size bullet he has or what chamber he's using or that it's even an automatic or a manual. He is just so, I guess, captivated with the fact that he is who he is and he can just do what he wants. And it's almost like he has this kid complex and I don't like to say that, but he's acting like he's almost a teenager.
2: Yeah. I I get a lot of those vibes as well.
1: And so I feel that Mark really needs to wake up and maybe this might be the best thing to ever happen to him so that he starts treating other people fairly and actually run this business like a business and not a romper room um, company that just does whatever Mark feels like it.
2: That's true. And. The thing about it is the way the way he's trending right now, I don't think that's going to happen. though. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: You know, when you think about all these things, you know, connecting with people, Marcus, especially now with the pandemic. It's not so much what happens in your life. And I think we've said this before. It's how you choose to respond to the situation in your life whether it's relationship, whether it's business, doesn't matter what it is. It's how you respond that shapes your character and shows the world what kind of person you are. Because nobody expects their life to be 100% perfect every single second of the day of their life. We can always look at things positively and come out of those situations. But I don't think we can all say that every second of our life had the highest possibility to it. But those that know how to respond and get themselves back in a peak performance, it's just like a blip in the road to them, Marcus, and they don't really care because it's just one little bad song on the radio or one little rainstorm outside because the sun's going to come out. It might come out in an hour. It's in Florida where it might come out the next day uh, or it might come out at the end of the week. But that sun's going to shine again. And when it does, it's going to be a better place.
2: I really like that. Those, Those are great words of wisdom.
1: Thank you. And when we talk about people, you know, and being able to connect with others, my next guest, I'm very privileged. To have with us, um, he his name is uh, Robert uh, Elliot, and um, he's um, from Canada. He has trained thousands of small business owners and sales teams uh, around the world, and he is just a remarkable person. Uh, his demeanor on life, uh, the way he does things, and I am really pleased uh, to interview him. Please help me welcome to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Mr. Robin J. Elliott um, to tell us about uh, how people should be networking and connecting with others. Well, Robin, it is a pleasure to have you on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show today. Uh, An accomplished uh, entrepreneur, and uh, you know you came from the corporate background, I understand, and I guess you went into the entrepreneurial spirit. How did that happen? Like, where did that transition come from?
5: I think the final thing was just getting away from all the people out there that um, are playing politics. You know, it's, it's really a slave market. And I just got tired of the politics and the manipulation. And I decided, look, I don't want to work for a boss anymore. I want to be my own boss. And that was 1987. And I never looked back.
1: And and that's a really good thing, and I and I bet you're glad that you made that choice. That you probably wish you made that choice a lot earlier, right?
5: No, I think you got to be ready for it. I, I was ready for it. I, I you know, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to be motivated enough. It was a new marriage, Um so you know everything fell into place, and I got the right opportunity, so it worked well.
1: Now, Robin, as you know, we're it's no surprise, we're all kind of in this pandemic, this lockdown situation. Yeah and uh networking has kind of changed a little bit hasn't it
5: it has yeah the beauty is that um we have better opportunities now than we had before and especially if you're working internationally um uh, you know there's so many good opportunities right now to really enjoy your life and and to grow your business online uh, which wasn't all available before so if you leverage what you have available to you and what you already have, you know, it's like instead of looking for new things all the time, use what you got, as long as you use the right information to, uh, to use it, to leverage it. And everybody talks about leverage, but very few people really use it.
1: So I think the key is having some type of fuel or having some type of a plan. But how do you actually network today? What's the right way to network and what's the wrong way to network? Because you see so many people doing it wrong.
5: Yeah, they do. Um, they sell, sell, sell. And the key is relationships. So we're out there to farm. We're not there out to, to to reap. And I always say to people, look, you want to find people that are already serving the same kind of people that you want to be serving because you can leverage that relationship. Uh, and so I look for people that have the same mindset, the same value system, and people that are serving the same market that I'm serving. So if they're selling to people that I want to sell to, then I can joint venture with them. Then I can leverage that relationship, collaborate with them in a win-win situation. And I can, because every resource that I need is available through somebody else,
1: instantly and for free, if I, I do think it. think that's, that's a really powerful thing, Robin, is that everything we need to help us become a better person, uh, to grow our lives, to grow our financial net worth, it's all really out there. It's on the internet. I mean, it's just it's just accessible. because it's just knowing how to harness it and, and what to use it. But I guess staying away from some of the traps. I mean, a lot of times you get people that, you know, they persuade you to spend so much money and there's no guarantee, no results. So what do you have to say about that? Because I think those are pitfalls for a lot of people that actually might've come from a job, but might not understand what you do and don't understand those lessons. So they're putting their hard-earned cash out there and they're not having much to show for it. Yeah, the, the key is don't buy it, rent it,
5: or build it. You can borrow it. You can piggyback. You can share what is already out there. Every resource that you need, there are underutilized resources. There are people that are reaching certain needs of their clients, but you can reach different needs. So you're not in competition with them. And together, you can enhance the value to the, cl- to the client. So the key is, the way that you communicate that to people that you want to joint venture with. And, you know, I spent a lot of time doing this with a lot of people and in my own businesses as well. And I know it doesn't work. (laughs) So the way you approach somebody about this is very important.
1: So the approach is important. And I guess the intent is important too. Um, There's so many people out there that, you know, I guess it gives the sales quote unquote person a bad name. They're pushy. Uh, and it's like, uh, I guess they do this cause they're strapped for cash and they need sales like tomorrow. And, um, what do you say to somebody like that? Maybe somebody that is really strapped. How do they approach this market and get fast results? Because it is a real world problem. Let's, let's face it, but you can't let the rest of the world, uh, know what you're doing. I used to tell people many, many years ago when I when I was in college, you have to fake it till you make it. And a lot of people didn't agree with me then. They're like, now I see what you're talking about. So what do you feel about that, Robin?
5: Well, there's a lot of fake it till you make it going on. <laughs> so, and desperate people do desperate things. So what we want to do is to say, look, what are you really, really good at? And, and find out if they are good at it before you join venture with them if you can. Because... You, you don't want to be sending the wrong people to your, to your people. So I like to do a little bit of research. If they, if they were the well-known company, it's probably safer. Um, so what we want to do is, is make sure, first of all, that there is some kind of a relationship and there are platforms to learn to do that. So I want to build some kind of relationship, some kind of a meeting of the minds that, I, that we feel the same way about things. We have the same kind of values because good people attract good people. And I'm not looking for desperate people because I really can't help them. Uh, desperate people should probably get a job. You know, they, they're not going to do well in business.
1: It's like they, 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 they want to they get that sale tomorrow. But it's like, you know, when you get a new salesperson they have never sold before yeah. and you give them a sales quota, you can always tell that new salesperson.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's like you just can tell. And when you go out there, the people eat them alive because they just want to make any kind of sale. They don't even care how much profit they're making. They just want to make a sale. And I think sometimes uh, we have to walk away from some sales, don't we? Yeah. The more
5: selective we get, the less less is more. And the more selective we get to the people we work with the people, you know, the things that we sell, um, the more successful we become. So I always say, look, you know, I. I'm very selective now. The older I get, the more selective I am. But John, for example, you have a good relationship with a lot of people. People trust you. They know you by reputation. You're a very smart guy, very successful, In, in you've got seven businesses. So if I wanted to um, access the people that you're working with, let's say I wanted to sell a product or a service to people that you're dealing with, and I was to say to you, you know, John, this is who you are. This is who I am. This is what you do. This is what I do. We know what each other do. Um, if I could ask you, what will it take for you to introduce me to the people that you know and, and think, then give them a system to do that?
1: I, I think it's a I think that's a great thing. I think a lot of it is about, you know, the relationship, which you, know, you can't can't rush it. And right. I think it's about having sometimes an equal trade uh, it doesn't have to be money. It can be services or partnerships or whatever it is. And just trying to give some equal value whether it's tips, whether it's a certain type of networking. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, it's really about, like you said, understanding what it is you're doing, because you don't want to introduce somebody to somebody you've been working with for years. Because as I said, there's a couple types of ways that you can connect somebody. You can do what they call uh, an introduction, right? I've met you. I don't know you more than a couple of weeks. And I say, Robin, uh, I know Jane or I know Bob that does this. I'd like to introduce you together. I don't know them very well. Um, it's not a referral. It's an introduction. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think people get confused by what an introduction is and a referral is. A referral is that I'm basically putting my name on the line to say, look, I trust this person. I've known them well. Um Yes, you can go to bat. And the way I learned this real quick is I had somebody a while back that said, gee, John, you know, we had a challenge with this person. I said, Well, I just made an introduction to you. That was not a referral. I only knew that person a week. And I think that's really important. You have to be clear now that this is an introduction. Yeah. It could become a referral later, but it's an introduction. So I think that's number one. And not trying to push for the referral right up. Front, maybe go for the introductions if you can get some of those uh, referrals. Are more when there's going to be a synergy, like you said, a value, and you know, unfortunately, Robin, uh, they don't happen overnight, do they? No,
5: that's why it's important to build a relationship, um, and I I want to know somebody before I refer them to anybody. So, so to me, um, you know, we should never assume that everybody's doing well, that no, that people don't need money, or that they're not tired of what they're doing. We should never make those assumptions. Um, most people, even though they're doing well and they're retired, uh, they still want to make more money because they can use that money to help other people. So we should never assume, you know, the the, the BS only goes so far. I only believe so much of it, right? Everybody would like more money. And, and and more successful they are, usually the more interested they are. And sometimes I just say to them, look, if I could create an additional income stream for you at 100% profit, that goes directly to your bottom line, would that be of value to you? Would you consider looking at that? You know, I, I, think,
1: I, I, think, I think when you pose the, the question, and by the way, thank you for the compliment before, I think it comes down to posing it as an offer and not as something you're demanding. Yes. So when I say to you, Robin, this is what I'm thinking about, or would you consider this? Would you be open to this? You may yeah. be, you may not be. And I think if we treat it like a conversation, um, it it has kind of, I don't want to say no strings attached, but it has a lot less emotional attachment or commitment because eventually that's going to grow as you're in a partnership, but it's going to have a lot less if it's going to be less stakes in the beginning. And as you trust that person or that situation, then you can put a little more on the line.
5: Yeah. I like the no money, no risk and I like to say to people, you know, hey, this might be for you and it might not. You might have the time to consider this, you might not. And that's okay. So I give them a way out right at the beginning. And then I'll say to them, look, you know, I and, and genuinely, John, I've got forty-six systems, right? So that to leverage and to create collaboration and joint ventures. So I've been doing this for a long time. So I know what doesn't work. And I know that the key with this is not getting new customers. The key is finding new joint venture partners, the right.
0: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally, without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now
4: in Lowry or downtown.
5: because and there's a lot of them out there there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of bad people so I just want to find people like yourself and and like good people because good people usually attract good people
1: I I think it comes from that phrase from many many years ago probably before I was born Uh, and that's you know uh, the company you keep uh, is what you become and I think you can choose to have your friends. You can't pick your family. Hopefully they're good. But you can choose your friends and your business partners. And so when you choose them, that says something different. Family you have to like. Like I said, hopefully we like our family. But there are some families where they have some challenges sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you say, well, gee, it's family. And I know sometimes those are the hardest kinds of business relationships because it's family. Yeah. And uh, I always tell people, you know, don't do business with family right away. Yeah. Do business yeah. with a stranger first. So now you can understand things from a open perspective and be in a way that when you get back to do a family agreement, you say, well, gee, this is how I treated my other business arrangement. I'd like to keep it the same way, the same structure. Right. And I think sometimes families don't have that. But uh, you bring a lot of uh, knowledgeable information to the table. And, you know, as you said, partners are really important uh, trying to collaborate, trying to get your message out there. Because let's face it, when we do something as one, we're nothing. But when we build ourselves together and become together to build something bigger, then we truly are a synergy. But when we try to just do one thing ourselves or do everything, I think that's when the problem happens. I think that's when big companies have problems, too. They try to be everything to, to everyone. I'm not going to name names here, but there's a, a letter in the alphabet, and you're going to probably know who I mean. It's the third level letter of the alphabet starts with a C. Again, I'm not going to mention their name. Um, They really went downhill. And I know my tech company, if anybody ever buys anything from them, they'll be gone <laughs> because that company has become a marketing engine but they lost the foresight of the customer, of the client.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. because if it's win-win, then it has to be a genuine win-win. And, and I think what we, you know, we, 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 people don't know what they don't know. And, I, you know, I can sit down with somebody and open their mind to a lot of things they haven't thought of, and they can do the same for me. So when we just have a conversation, suddenly doors start opening and, and new ideas start coming on. And there's a lot of things that the average person has never thought of. You know, I heard a story about a guy the other day. He approached Jay Abraham. You know who Jay Abraham is? Yes, you yes. Know, I, I like him, and I've learned a lot from him, one-on-one as well. So with Jay, uh, this guy approached him, and he had a, a great plan for a motorbike. I think it was a motorbike. And he said to Jay, you know, I need a million dollars to do this. I don't have any money, and I, and I really want to do this. And Jay said, but you don't have a problem. Find somebody has, who has underutilized capacity, uh, a factory that people are not all working at the same time or there's, there's space or there's equipment available. Find somebody like that and joint venture with them. And I think it was a year and a half later, Jay was back in China, was talking there. And the guy said to Jay, you know what? Um, I found somebody like that. He had an underutilized lawnmower company and uh, we've each made $10 million. So when you find every resource is available, all you have to do is think who already has the connections and the trust and the relationship and the information of the people that I want to work with. And 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 how how can we, you know, how can we help each other? And when you approach those people in the right way, because the system is everything. If you use the right system, it works. If you use the wrong system, you're not going to make money. It,
1: it, it's, it's the system, it's the relationship, and I think it's being – adaptable to nuances that if we were just stuck in doing something our way that we might not see those potentials. And um, we were talking offline before the interview. And again, I'm not going to mention the company's name, but there's a company out there and there's lots of companies out there and they try to get you to an event and they try to tell you that they're going to help you. Now we know up front, Robin, there's no free lunches. We've learned that a long time ago. And when they tell you that you're going to come or it's an honor and they're very devious or they just don't want to share things, it's like they want you to fall into something or be trapped. And I don't get, Robin, why people do this if people like you and I are intelligent. Are there people out there that are just going to fall for this stuff? I mean, why do they take this tactic?
5: I think a lot of it is desperation, and a lot of it is ego and pride. You know, I, I knew a lady, and she wanted to write a book. And everybody these days wants to be an author, right? And you don't make money from books. So I've written 15 of them. You don't make money from books. Books are an introduction. It's a brochure, really. And anyway, so she was approached by this woman. Oh, I'll publish your book, and you'll have book signings and all things. She dropped $6,000. It, it was their savings for her and her husband. They were elderly people. They only had six thousand dollars she spent it all on a book and i told her you don't have to spend any money go to lulu.com upload your document even if you pay somebody to do some artwork you probably get it for free if you ask me how i'll tell you and you can have your book printed on demand and you'll have a great book and it'll be drop shipped and you'll make money and you'll you'll have a better deal and it'll cost you nothing you can do it pretty much for free might cost you a 100 bucks and she preferred to spend the $6,000 and she never made a cent. She ended up giving her books away and, you know, people just throw them away when they get there. So you can leverage the, the knowledge of other people as well.
1: I think you hit on a good point, Robin, is that sometimes it's the ego. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always say, you know, uh, when, 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 you get, when you put the id away, uh, get rid of the ego, the ID of the person, and you, and you put that away, Uh, That's when we truly start to manifest. There was a wise person, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, amazing person. And he said that when you detach and become no one, no thing um, in no time, that's truly when you can be the creator and the manifester. Uh, And I think sometimes we're all hooked up to, you know, what books say and what we've learned in school, but school really doesn't prepare you for the real world, does it?
5: No, it doesn't. And we we measure success in the wrong way. You know, we we measure goals and success. So success is really what you become, what you learn, um, how much better you become as a person. It's not only about how much money you make. And people set goals because their sales manager said, "Oh, if you hit this goal, you're going to win this thing, and you're going to get that prize." And it's again, it's ego. I said to them, say to that same sales manager, what kind of activity will it take for me to reach that goal? And then set an activity goal. So when you set the activity goal, you can manage that. You can control that and you can feel good at the end of each day. And if you feel good, you're going to make more sales.
1: You, you hit on another important point is that success is not the ending. It's really that journey. Yes. Um, and, you know, you're successful you want to keep being successful, but you never are a hundred percent successful because you are keeping to become in a state of success or in a a condition of, of a life of success, but it is a process that you, you know, keep going on. So, you know, we have lots of these platforms online without naming Mm -hmm. lots of them from uh, letters with Z, B, E, A, there's a whole bunch of them. So a lot of times people feel that if they're in an event every hour of the day that's not really a very good use of their time is it
5: no it's not at all they're hoping people will remember them and they don't so they just they just it's, they're going through the motions without the, without the re- results so i say to people look you can leverage the relationships with people that you like and if you have the system to do that if you if you know how to do that um, you're going to you're going to work less you're going to make more money and you're going to have more fun so you need time time you know time goes you, you can't replace it it's far more valuable than money money you can make again time you can't replace so we need time to pray we need time with our family you know we we need personal time for our health if you got you lose your health you've lost everything pretty much right so it's it's really important to manage our time and to leverage leverage means i use a little to get a lot
1: Right, right, right.
5: People all throw around joint ventures and leverage. They have no idea most of the time how to use it because if they knew, they'd be doing it. And I always say, you know, talk is cheap and money buys a single malt. So, so get over the talk because I, I don't believe what you say until I see what you do.
1: That, that is a – that's an amazing um, statement right there. It reminds me of the phrase for the book. That, uh, you know, teach a man uh, to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Yes. Give a man fish, he'll eat for a day. And I think what's happened or what I have observed, Robin, I'm not sure if you've seen this, is that during the pandemic, it's like everybody wants things to be handed to them. I know there's a pandemic, but I don't think that means we should just get a free get out of jail card.
5: No. And, you know, John, people say this is doom and gloom, but things are going to get a lot worse. And, and business owners need to shape up right now because things are going to get worse in 2021. And there's a lot of things going on. So we need to be stronger and sharper than ever before. And in, in order to do that, we need to pay for that. We need to pay the price to learn that. And that, that payment might not be in money. It might be in time. But we need to, to get better because uh, there's a war on business as well. And we need to be really aware of that. So I think... For, for you and I, who have some knowledge, we can share that knowledge and help a lot of people, but there needs to be good knowledge and not selling it. Because, you know, I always say to people, if you have to pay for something, always ask, what is the motive of the person selling it to you mm-hmm. how much you have to pay? You know, I don't want to sign up for some six month contract with somebody who bought a certification somewhere. You know, he was a truck driver all his life and now he's bought a certification right, right. and now he's a business genius.
1: I had a, I had a conversation with someone um, about a week or two ago, and they were talking about all these different certifications. And I said to them, you know, a certification might get you a job, but I'll be honest with you. A certification is not going to let you keep the job, right? It's something on paper to get you hired so you can disqualify everybody else. But that doesn't mean that you are a smarter person or that you have the knowledge to be able to do the job in the field.
5: Now, I say to people, your certification is your bank balance. Your certification is how many businesses have you run yourself? You know, I I spoke to a guy very full of himself about network marketing. And and I said to him, you know, I built a team of 16,500 people in 82 countries. And I didn't do it because I was listening to what they're telling me. You know, because what they're telling me is you're gonna get the same results as everybody else. So you gotta think differently And you got to think in terms of the value to the other person. Get just as you said. Get get yourself out of the picture. How much value is this for the other person? Because they may need it more than you do.
1: There's there's two stations uh, that broadcast, and they're both free. W I I F M and W I I F U. So W I I F M is what's in it for me, which everyone seems to be tuned to. And W W I I F U. even though we, we are a G show here, uh, I mean something good. What's in it for you is what I mean by that. And <laughs> that is the station that I think more people should be tuned to because when we're at the level where we're trying to help the other person, yeah. I think barriers come down. I think there's more potential for engagement. But I have to ask you, Robin, so- There's lots of networking opportunities. What would you advise, let's say, if we had to write a book called 101 Networking for Dummies? okay? because that's kind of the analogy. But what would you say somebody should do if they didn't know how to network?
5: I think the first thing is to ask yourself, how much are they talking about themselves and how much are they listening to you? If if they're spending most of the time talking about themselves, and there are some characters like that, it's it's sad, sad to hear them. Um, If they're talking about themselves all the time, one-on-one, I'm talking about one-on-one, not in a breakout room or something like that. If they talk about themselves a lot, you probably don't want to do business with them. If they talk about themselves and they want to know about you even more, two ears and one mouth, um, then you can probably take that a bit further. But I'm careful of that. Also, you know, the way they dress, people show up in on these networking calls with, uh, you know, ball cap on or they haven't shaved. You know, you can tell a lot just by what you see.
1: You know, I I, I have to laugh at that. (laughs) Yeah, the guy's in a
5: beautiful library. You know, he's got this virtual background. And I'm thinking (laughs) to myself, where is he really? (laughs) Is he in the washroom? Is he in the bathroom? You know, where's this guy? You know, it's real. So, so I had those backgrounds, and I took them off because I said, "Look, here's my old chair. You know, here's my here's my jacket. And if you look behind me, you see that's the sitting room. You know, this is where I live. Right? It's 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 real. And same with you. I can see your room. You haven't got some magical background, you know, <laughs> with past and and all this nonsense, because already you're losing credibility there
1: right away exactly i think it it creates a facade and there's a lot of people that get impressed by those things <laughs> uh, and i was on one call and the person said gee that's a wonderful bookcase where are you oh i just downloaded that and exactly. as soon as you heard that the first part of me i was like gee that's a nice bookcase and i was i was asking them questions about their books and things like that but then When they had no interest in books, oh, I really don't read. I just thought this was a neat library, and I just downloaded it. It, like, changed my perspective. Yeah, um, you know, the the
5: best speakers are usually, you know, they say, keep it simple. And I think it was Einstein that said the genius is in making something complicated, making it simple.
1: I, I love that. And I love his other phrase. He says... Uh, the definition of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is
5: and
0: insanity.
5: Insanity. They do that in network marketing, and and people don't differentiate themselves. So I spoke to a guy recently. He said, "Oh, there's so many people doing selling the same product, selling the same service. It's a really good service. I mean, I use it. I don't sell it, but I use it. It's really good." And but he said, every second, you know, man and his dog is selling this stuff. And I said, Yeah, you got to learn to differentiate yourself. And when we came to Canada, we didn't know anybody, John. We'd never met anybody. We'd never been here. They didn't know us. We were just a funny looking guy with his wife. And, uh, and that was it. And within four months of starting my business, I was living off the business because I was just okay. piggybacked on something that's already working. Right, 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 right. But we can, you don't have to create it. You can, you can Guy that I ever worked for um, is a very interesting story I'll tell you one day. But I asked him, so, you know, how did you get so rich? And he told me I couldn't believe it. You know, it was an amazing story. And, and then he said to me, and Robin, what you need to do, because I was training a lot of his companies and his franchise and doing his keynotes. And he said to me, here's a book you must read. It's by our recent Jack Trout, and it's called Horse Sense. Horse sense is, you know, find a horse and ride it. Don't walk, ride a horse. And and he knew I liked horses. So um, I read that book three times. But how many times have you recommended a book? And, and the next time you say to them, Did you read that book? Oh, no, I didn't get around to it. I'm too busy. You
1: know? You bring another point up. You know, a lot of people, us being entrepreneurs, you know, time is important and we choose our time very wisely what we want to do with that. And I think another important thing is that when you do this, uh, it sets a certain tone, but if you just go, like you said, to every networking event or everything that's out there, I I don't want to see it cheapens the person, but I think it just says that I'm here for every event. And it's like, I am not busy is what you're saying. Um, When somebody has to get into your schedule I think there's another respect there. And I think a lot of people, oh, we'll just call me anytime. And I think, I don't know if it's because of desperation or what it is, Robin, but they just want to be available. But I think being too available is not the greatest thing. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the key, I, I never, honestly, I never call anybody to make an appointment. They call me. I set it up like that. So, I want people to call me. They, they hear what I have to say. They see me speaking. I'm branded all over the internet. I got 15,000 people on LinkedIn. If people call me, then I'm solving and I'm closing sales and I'm helping people. If I'm calling them, I'm pitching them. So people call me. No, I never call anybody. I, I call a friend, but I'm not going to call somebody to try and sell him something because if they've seen this this ugly face and I've, they've heard what i've got to say and they don't call me it means they're not interested get over it move on
1: i i i believe the same thing it's about getting the appointment set up it's game from but but the person has to want to talk to you and yeah. that that that's what it's about you know if it doesn't work that's fine but have a conversation and what i want to ask you is you know with all these events free events paid events so What kind of guidance can you give someone? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to know and viewers want to know, where do they go? How do they actually network? So I mean, I know you told me that they should basically um, be listening more because we're given two ears, which makes a lot of sense. But what's the right way really to network? Are there any tips you can give some of our beginning network people?
5: Yeah, I think the key is to be very clear on, on how are you different from everybody else selling the same product or the same service, number one. And number two, and, and then to listen, as you said, is number two. And number three is try to build relationships before you try and sell something. You know, get somebody to know something, to know you know, get to know somebody. Do these people even share my, my values? And, and people, you know, the more they talk, the more they tell you, right? We know what we know. We don't know what they what they know, and so we want them to tell us what they know. Because when we listen to other people, we get to hear all their buying signals, all their needs, all their greed,s everything that they need, and then we know. Well, maybe there's some, some match, maybe there's not, but we already know what we need. If how many say- times
1: do we? How many times do we get, Robin? I'm sure we both get these sometimes. I call them the 17 page dissertations, uh, yes. and they're very far from a dissertation. And I usually respond back to the person and I thank them yeah. and either. They say to me, like I'm crazy basically. And, 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 and I say to them, you know, uh, you know, I see you've taken time to read my profile. Why uh, don't <laughs> you send such an elaborate presentation to me? I am very impressed. I'm not. Uh, or the other thing that I do is they send me something very short and they say, I want to connect with you. And I said, well, That's great. A lot of people want to connect with me. What drew you to me? Exactly. And they drop out like a ghost or they suddenly disconnect from you. Uh, And I think that's the problem. And it's hurt LinkedIn a lot because people use it as a mass email engine, which I think is bad. I think people need to realize that they need to read the profiles, have proper profiles, and that when you reach out to connect with somebody, take the time to get to know that person. If the person is not pitching you and they are just wanting to have a conversation with you, I think a lot of people just want to shut the conversation off because they know right away they can't hard sell you. And in a token, that's very good because, yes, it does make it easier so we can move on. But I think they're doing themselves a disservice. By not opening themselves to want to learn and connect.
5: Yeah, or they or they send you a message on LinkedIn and say, "Well, what is it that you do?" <laughs> you say, "What? You know, you didn't read anything on my LinkedIn profile. What is it that you do?" Well, how lazy are you? You know, did you just fall they, out of? Bed? Did your wife exactly have up this morning? You know, what kind of a fool are you? So, or
1: or you, yep. you or you get the person that they're on LinkedIn. And you're, let's say, doing, I don't know, painting. And suddenly, oh, we paint all kinds of houses, homes, and corporate buildings. And you go back and say, did you even look at my LinkedIn profile? Because if you did, you'd see that I've been an established painter for X years. I'm not, but you get the idea. And I think, and then they kind of like, I don't know, they feel like, oh, I didn't see it. It's like they're, like you said, they're being lazy.
5: Yeah. Well, they say, you know, I'd like to know the, one of their pictures is, I'd like to learn more about your business. When can we, when can we talk? But yes. actually, they want to, they want to sell you. And, and so to me, there's some people I don't even reply to them anymore when, when they, when they're too blatant about it. I, I used to reply to every, every message. Now I don't, I just got to the point, you know what, my time is more valuable than talking to an idiot. And, um, And there's a lot of them out there. So I want to speak to somebody that that has some credibility. And and these guys that say, Oh, I just want to help people. You know, I don't believe that either, because no, you know, I just want to help people. Or I had a guy, he's a bank manager calling me from New York. He wants to network with me. I said, first of all, I live in Vancouver. Secondly, I don't refer anybody to banks or financial planners. I will never do that. It's against my principles. So so, you, so we're not gonna be talking, right? Because I refer you to banks. I don't believe in banks and I certainly don't believe in most of the national. There are some good financial planners, but very few. Okay. So, so don't, don't even ask me, right? It's not gonna happen.
1: That, that's, a, that's a problem. And then when they see that you don't do that, they either disconnect from you Angry. or <laughs> they, they, they try to ask you, well, well, why not? Or I had one gentleman who was trying to do credit card service, real short story. And he didn't get it. You know, he said, do you need credit card services? And I said, I'm really good right now. Oh, who are you using? I said, we're really happy with the company we have. Goes away, comes back. It's just, you know, a lot of people like you would kick themselves when they learned how much money they left. I'm like, this guy's brazen. I've already said no politely. What? Three times. I had to go and disconnect him and report him to the linkedin police he was harassing me yeah. harassing me there's no need for that no
5: and and i tell the guy straight because i'm not looking for friends i'm not looking for popularity i've retired you know I, I do what i do because i like making extra money and i and i help people with that but i'm not looking to to deal with those kind of people because if they do it to me They'll do it to the people I refer them to. And I will be. It, 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 it,
1: it, exactly. People. Your your business people, we do business with people we know, like and trust. Yeah. And that's kind of inevitable. So you're going to kind of become friends. But if you're trying the friend route and then trying to get into the business, that just doesn't work because it's superficial. Maybe that worked in high school or that worked in college. But that doesn't work now in the business world.
5: No, I think the key is to lower the barrier, remove the risk. Uh, find a way to get to know somebody on a on a on a slow level and then slowly build that relationship and And so you know you you share my uh, posts you know on on LinkedIn, and I'm very grateful for that. And if you ask me to share something, I'll share it. No questions asked.
1: I'm very grateful for that too. <laughs>
5: but, but if somebody asks me to share something and I don't like what they want to share, I'm not right. that because right, and, and, that's of, right. You know, I've made enough mistakes in my life. I don't want to repeat my mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And and I think the key is to, as as I get older, I get more humble because I realize what a fool I am, you know, and how many mistakes I've made. And so as we get older, we're supposed to become more humble, not more arrogant.
1: Uh, you know, and I, right. and I think it changes. We're, we're almost out of time here, so we need to kind of wrap up. But in, in kind of closing, Robin, this has been very enlightening. I, I just have two quick questions. One is you get a lot of people that say, I only want to go to free networking events. What do you have to say to that real quickly?
5: Well, it's the old story, right? If somebody gets something for free, it's difficult for them to justify paying for something. And um, and it and it always depends on, is it is it just the person selling it? Is, is he just trying to make money or is he trying to be more selective in the people that he deals with? Um, so I always believe... Anything for free loses its value, and you, you know there's a fellow. Um, I, I don't want to mention any names or, or places because he might identify himself and be offended, the poor thing. But he spends 18 minutes with his on on a on a certain call on a, um, a networking call. 18 minutes talking about himself, his business, his rules, and everything before he starts the networking. So you're paying for that call because you're spending. 18 minutes listening to this guy, um, you know, rattling his saber and and, and telling you what is enough. So you're paying for it anyway. If you're paying for something where you're getting real quality, you don't mind paying. But you will judge that payment by the person inviting you.
1: You you hit the nail on the head. It, it's the quality of the person, the quality of the event. And just knowing how things are going to run. And when you get value from something and you don't expect that extra value, I think that kind of draws people in more. They already know they're going to get something. But when they get more and they're not expecting it, the old uh, adage, you know, under promise and over deliver. Exactly. And the last question I want to ask you, Robin, is what would you like to leave with our viewers tonight? Uh, any, Any parting words for them?
5: I would just say before you buy it, rent it, or build it, think about how you could get it for nothing fast and 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 get the, the, exactly what you're looking for. And you can do that through joint ventures, through leverage and collaboration. So learn about that. You don't have to learn it from me. You can learn it from Jay Abraham. But, and, and be careful who you learn from, by the way, because there's a lot of people, they attend a seminar and then they become geniuses. But, um, you know, honestly... You can you can get it for free, uh, okay. if you do it right, and and uh, you can do it you can do it better. And always remember that everybody you're dealing with has more resources than you know because you don't listen long enough.
1: That's some really wise words. Is there anything you'd like to leave? Either your information, your website. Would you like to leave anything for our viewers if they wanted to reach out to you? It's up to you.
5: Uh, it's just robinjayelia um, It's an old blog that I use as a website. So don't read all the articles. Just just. Click on the links and it's you can see my name there, two L's, two T's, robinjelliot.com. Have a look. If you have any questions, contact me. I'm happy to answer them.
1: Well, Robin, this has been a real pleasure, Uh, a very wise gentleman here uh, that has definitely learned from business and has learned uh, more than the tricks in the trade. And I think uh, you're continuing to learn as you progress and becoming more wise and having to impart that knowledge. And. Also, that's helping you uh, to build more streams of income and also helping others as well.
5: Well, it's a privilege to know you and work with you, John. And, and really, it's, it's one of the relationships I really value. And thank you very much. I think you create a lot of value for a lot of people. And I hope they appreciate that.
1: Well, thank you very much for being on the J Moore Tech Talk show. And we've enjoyed having you. Well, welcome back, everyone. What did you think of that interview, Marcus, with Robin?
2: As always, straight out of the park, I love the value that was brought here tonight from Robin.
1: And he is definitely a person you and I talk about all the time that is definitely about value, a great person and someone that understands value and really explain to us about how many people try to, I guess, slip into that uh, value world, but they really don't deserve to be there because they didn't earn it yet. Uh, A wise person once told me something, Marcus, and and it helps me remember what he was saying, in that there's two types of uh, public relations you can have. You can have what they call paid media, and you can have earned media. Now, paid media will get you a, a spot in the light for a day or for an hour, but earned media will actually get you up there because of the accomplishments you've done and they want to talk to you, not because they were paid. So that really, uh, you know, brings that point home. And I just feel Robin has brought so much value. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk with him, but he was just so great. And I hope people, you know, learned a lot from him because he really does connect with a lot of great people and again, someone I met online, but if we weren't going through the pandemic, I probably might have not met him. We met at an event and I'm always looking for great people to be on the show and people that have value to bring to the show because you know that's not easy to find people. There's lots of people that wanna come on the show because they wanna sell something, they wanna talk about something, that's to help them. But in the entire interview, Robin didn't say anything about him, what he was selling, his coaching. He's just a very respectable man and one that just really just shines value in every single moment uh, that he is with someone.
2: That's that's what matters in the world. When you got people like that, it it is so contagious. It is so worth more of your time uh, to be around them, to talk with them. And what it does, it it attracts more great things to your life.
1: I was uh, at an event uh, earlier today. And at this event, there were people on there complaining that they were in the same room. And I said to them. You know, you should get to know the people a little better. Oh, I don't really want to do that. I've talked to them already. And the reason that the other people didn't want to get to know him is he's known as somebody that is a a pusher or a hustler. He's trying to sell people. And when you do that, Marcus, people start to know your tune. They start to know who you are. They start to get your number. (laughs) And they don't want to dial it anymore. They don't want to see you anymore. Right? Right. I think that's what happens to some of these people that get burned out in networking is they go to events, but they're pushy. And so if we follow some of the tips that Robin gave us, I think many people that are listening to this uh, show here tonight will find that they too can have great connections with people. It's about discussions. It's about conversations. It's about learning about someone's problem, but it's not about trying to sell them something because they're a body and they have a wallet that has money. That's not what it's about. And I think people see that Marcus, when they're able to know that they're being treated like a commodity or even if they have money and and people abuse that or just feel they can pay for anything. It really uh, cheapens the relationship And not only does it cause the person to lose respect for them, it just gets them to become very non-interested in not only them, but in anybody else they hang around with. That's why it's so important, Marcus, to uh, pick great people that you network with and you do business with. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Hopefully (laughs) you like your family. (laughs) Yes. That's an important thing. But, In other news, as we're we're getting back into the world, uh, gaming has been around, as we know, for many, many years. But what's changed in gaming is something called, uh, you know, the virtual reality and also the um, uh, augmented reality. And by the way, uh, for any of you guys that are watching the show, you can actually go to jamore.com and you can go to where it says social and go to blogs and every single Sunday or Monday – I read an article. And this past week, I actually wrote an article, which I think a lot of you will uh, find very interesting. Um, the title of the article, again, you can find it right under social and then just go right to blog. You'll see it right on the, the right hand side of the column. It'll say Augmented Reality AR versus Virtual Reality. Why should I care? And we're not gonna go into that on this show, but I just wanted to give a little of a precursor because of AR and virtual reality. It's starting to get people to want more. And so that's pushing companies to have to give more. Well, now imagine being able to not just put on a haptic glove, which we talked about before, which is a glove you put on. And it can help you to actually um, have the sense of touch, temperature. You'd be able to get the size of something reported back to the screen based on how you touch something, and also tactile feeling and pressure uh, with sensors um, and devices that are able to push down against your fingers. So that's just one device. But let's think about wearing a suit, like maybe a vest, right? How about going as far to have an entire body suit that's haptic? Wouldn't that be epic?
2: Very cool. Uh,
1: and it's going to have a few zeros on there. You probably know that. Uh, a full body suit right now, I think we're probably looking – a full body suit, if it was available now, we're probably going to be looking somewhere around eight to
2: $10,000. Yeah. But for the most part <laughs> –
1: it it's going to be interesting because people want this. So why do you think somebody wants a haptic suit? What what's the benefit you think for somebody? Why would they want this, Marcus? They
2: they're definitely trying to recreate, you know what, what they already experiencing, you know, um, minus uh, just actually being in the in, in the physical environment. So, well,
1: let's take a let's take a, what's one of your favorite games that you like to play.
2: Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna go with an old arcade game, uh, Cruising USA, the racing game.
1: Okay, so is it a game where you actually sit down and you have to drive? Yeah. Okay, so let's imagine this. You have the the feeling of driving, but now you put the suit on. Okay, you already have your virtual reality, uh, and your um, you know your uh augmented reality, and just to give a recap for everyone. Virtual reality is when we take the sight that is in front of your eyes and replace it with something totally different, synthesized. So that could be a tech talk show. It's another great Friday. That was some snow we had this week, wasn't it, Marcus?
2: Quite a bit of the avalanche.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I, I think yeah. Uh, I think when we hear snow, and we had over, and you know, by us, over 23, 24 inches that's just a little bit too much snow, but I tell you, I'm very grateful that I didn't have to shovel it, and that's why we have uh, associations and people that can do snow plowing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I wish I was part of that association, so but I'm
1: too far away from you. Uh, okay, I want, okay. I had, to, I had to dig myself out, so. Well, I know one thing. When I was coming down my driveway this morning and yeah. around where I live, they only shoveled one side of the street. So I was praying that I wasn't going to hit anybody because there was just enough room to get my vehicle through. I'm hoping when I go back home later that actually the other side will be shoveled. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. Well, welcome, Marcus. It's always good to have you here for another great show. We have another amazing show tonight.
2: Yeah, we do. I'm looking forward to the show. Fridays is always the best days.
1: So um, with uh, the cold and the weather happening, I mean, uh, animals are always affected. Uh, Some like the snow and some are uh, definitely scared of it. So uh, one particular animal uh, that doesn't like to get anywhere near the snow is a dog. It just kind of barks. It's too cold, uh, has all kinds of excuses and just, I guess, would rather just snuggle up and cuddle by the fire while his master's outside shoveling or, uh, you know, trying to uh, make it safe by putting uh, salt down. But dogs recently have been uh, found to be very helpful, especially with this COVID uh, situation here. Uh, Dogs have been trained uh, recently, Marcus, to uh, sniff out COVID. And they're saying uh, that there's early results from several studies And it's encouraged researchers around the world to develop and expand canine programs that are going to screen people for COVID-19 infections, such as airports, hospitals, or sports venues. What do you think of that?
2: You know, I've been hearing a buzz about this thing, and this actually sounds pretty incredible. It really is a good play on the word dogs are man's best friend.
1: And we learned not too long ago, actually many years ago, that dogs were helping us when it came to narcotics. They were able to just, you know, stiff them right out of people at the airports and even in schools and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they're working on this in Russia, England, Chile, Australia, Iran, Finland and more countries. So this isn't something they're just doing in the United States. This
2: is definitely going to be a trending thing. It's going to be very popular. We Like, as you mentioned, when they started doing it for narcotics and, and other various things that that they, that they wanted to search for, it, it definitely became a trend around the world. So I don't see why not it would be something that would be widely used.
1: They're really putting a lot of effort, not just in the um... – the dog and, and how, you know, they're handling the dog, but just the way that they're training the dog. I mean, just some of these pictures, uh, as we learn from uh, this this one person, Rob Harris, who's a medical detection dog trainer. Say that a million times fast. <laughs> I couldn't, even <laughs> if I tried. <laughs> he runs training exercises for dogs to learn how to um respond to things uh, in public such as uh we learned about how dogs are able to uh, just very politely uh sit down next to a person or just sit down next to a bag they don't really make a big spectacle but just enough so that the officer knows this is someone to check out so i guess they do that so that uh it doesn't arouse the person and it's just kind of amazing how you know we always have respect for dogs, but now that um, we have a dog that's actually called a biodetector. Mm. and such a cute little animal. I mean, some of them, they just, uh, you know, they're putting their lives on the line for us. So uh, I definitely want to say kudos to these beautiful animals and are uh, these four legged uh, friends that we have. And also to the trainers that are just, putting in so many tireless hours uh, to help them understand how to navigate the field and keep us safe from COVID and, and many other situations. So I think this is going to be uh, a pretty amazing thing. And across the globe, we're starting to see places called COVID-19 testing. And the dog is literally just by a line and people will just walk by it very similar to you know the narcotics dogs. Mm-hmm. And they're able to just Basically, make a motion, and that tells the person that that's someone that's infected. Mm. Now, now these particular dogs aren't just doing this from standing, they're actually uh, getting a little close to your nose. So they're almost like standing up. So, a little bit different than the typical narcotic dog. So, they do have to get a little closer to you. So, that might scare some people, but they say they're very safe. And these kind of dogs, you know, you would think are like attack dogs, but they've been trained to help us uh, to get rid of something that's affecting everyone, which is this current um, escalating and de-escalating level, as we hope, uh, pandemic.
2: Yeah, this is definitely just another way to to, to combat against this widely spread and disease, disinfection, uh, COVID-19 it is. And whatever we can do to... Uh, help reverse it. I'm all I'm all on board for it, and I know a lot of people are, are definitely going to kind of crowd around it. Uh, and I'm just looking at these pictures too. I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> it, it, it is like boot camp for these dogs. Yes,
1: yes, I- exactly. So, speaking about developments uh, in the news, uh, a recent power plant finds success with traveling water screens.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, this was this was kind of interesting. So, um, you know, the uh, the screen actually helps to filter out impurities and and keep things running well. But the traveling water screens, I thought this was interesting. So they're experimenting with uh, different screening solutions, uh, partnering with local companies to test Hydrolox traveling screen technology for power plants. And the screens are made of an engineered polymer material, which is not corrosive or anything like that and effectively resists wear and impact and fatigue in abrasive environments. And this is just going to be a real uh, game changer for the power plants. Uh, The uh, hydroxy water intake screens also feature some unique design characteristics, uh, including screens that are edge-driven, that can load on carrier chains. HydroLock screens employ a positive drive system. Uh, They have sprockets that are installed along the entire head shaft to distribute the load across the width of the screen, eliminating uneven wear. And uh, it's just amazing when we can hear about technology and now a newly designed spray header system installed on the screen to facilitate debris removal from polymer material. So I think we've really come away, haven't we?
2: Yes, we have. Uh, talking about just decreasing manpower, you know, it's really going to allow for a lot of the resources for other projects to thrive. Um, particularly in in this plant and many other plants that might adopt some of this solution.
1: I think this is great. And I think the most amazing thing here tonight is that these companies are open to trying something new. A lot of the old plants out there that were run by management that was from a long time ago, they really weren't open to change, Marcus. It's like this is the way it's going to be done, and we really don't want to hear another way.
2: And that's a big issue. And when you're still stuck in the 1950s doing things, uh, you're going to get 1950s results. So, we, you know, we, we need a lot of our companies and corporations to just step it up a bit.
1: The 1950s is uh, one thing, Marcus, even though that might be when they were born or in that time period, uh, they're acting like they're in the 1920s or the 1900s.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you you got that right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I gave them a little bit of credit there. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know me, I'm I'm a hard nose. I don't really like to give anybody credit. (laughs) So, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you put your slippers on at home. I know I do that uh, after I get home after work. And uh, before I go on to the the rug or the tile, I always uh, put on my slippers, take off my shoes. And uh, you always have to use two hands if you do it properly. If you're using, like, doxers, you have to undo the laces. If you have loafers on, you have to kind of hold one foot down while you're pulling it off. Otherwise, you kind of damage the shoe. You know what I mean, Marcus?
2: I know exactly what you mean. So damage your back.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so recently, a company yeah. has come up with a solution. Nike. <laughs> they call it the Go Fly thought? Ease.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at these things, and they they are pretty fly. As like we use like as I like to say, they are pretty fly, and um they are very easy to just snap right on they got they got a great demonstration video here on the article for those that want to check it out.
1: I feel that it looks really simple, but my question is how comfortable are they, and what type of application would you be wearing these for? Is it really a shoe that you wear every day? I'm not sure. It doesn't look
2: like an everyday shoe. Uh, that's for sure. And is it a
1: is it a walking shoe? Do you think it's like a
0: nice walking shoe? It looks like more of a walk a, a walking shoe that you.
2: You know, I don't think you're going to be wearing this thing all day. It, it doesn't look like that. Uh, it, you know, maybe for a few hours. You it know.
3: has the rubber
1: sole. So it'll be a nice yeah. thing for like when I take my hour, hour and a half walk every day once the snow dis- dissipates. But it looks like it's kind of, I guess, a hybrid to a sneaker. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of see that. And, you know, but I wouldn't go running in this thing. Uh, no, I, think- I wouldn't either. So you just literally when the sh- when the shoes are open, you just drop your uh, feet right into them and you just push down and the shoes are on. There's no fumbling with your heel. And here's the great part to get them off. OK, all you do to take them off is really easy. Uh, you just take the one shoe and you take the tip of that shoe and you push it down against the heel of the other shoe and it uh, allows the shoe to open up by sliding upward. And then once you've got the other one off, you can just touch the other shoe, and now you can take the other foot out. It doesn't really seem like it takes much time at all. I mean, I know these people have probably done this a million times, and maybe when we try it the first time, it might not be quite that easy.
2: It's going to be a little awkward for, for us, but I, I, think it's, I think it's an incredible inviction, inviction, in, invention for the, for the most part
1: cool i'd like to get i'd like to get a i'd like to get a pair of these and try them and just let people know
2: (laughs) i really like the colors too the colors are really nice you know they got they got some nice colors well you know um but again you know to run in these things i I don't think you can run in them but you know but it's worth the try
1: (laughs) and and they're also they got the mesh on them too so i don't think you're going to be wearing these in the bitter cold outside at least not at 32 or below. Oh, I
2: wouldn't try here in Wisconsin, you know. So
1: So we'll have to see what's going on. But I'm I'm glad to see that uh, a manufacturer in the shoe industry is actually trying to make something easier. Because I've always felt that putting your shoes on, uh, they're just very time consuming. You have to have a shoehorn.
2: Well, so we that's... haven't seen any, any innovation in this, in it for a long time. So, you know, this is really, really appealing and, and really, you know, excited to see something new.
1: Maybe this is going to be a catapult to what we're going to see in dress shoes. Now they're going to have to really work on the design, especially with leather, you know, because you, if you make something fold like that all day long, a big tank on that drone and that drone's going to either have to come back many times or it's going to need several drones like i don't know maybe 50 or 60 to cover the kind of uh square footage that most farmers have
2: yeah i don't see no s- small drone carrying as much as what the planes would carry <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah that yeah they they didn't really pinpoint you know how that was going to work out uh but for some of the other things the tree the tree and land mapping uh the uh, uh the uh the, the the weed and disease control uh, you know the, some of the other smaller things that that really make sense it 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 really will be very helpful
1: yeah it's going to be neat so it's going to help with plant pollination images or video Of the room that you're in, or it could be a totally different environment. It just replaces the site that you have. Now, augmented reality actually takes where you are. So let's say you were wearing a pair of glasses and I was to put uh, the date in the top right-hand corner, or on the left, I was to put an app so you could scroll and check your email. That would be an example of augmented reality. Now you can mix augmented reality with virtual reality. So let's say you're in your living room and you're playing this game. And now where does this game usually take place on a, on a big raceway pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So now let's envision that not only um, are you there with your haptic suit, which we'll talk about that in a second, but you got this haptic suit on, you got these goggles on and um, this is in full virtual reality and augmented reality. So, we're going to get rid of your sight, and we're going to superimpose over uh, a new image, which is actually going to be the actual racetrack. Okay. You literally on the racetrack. If you pivoted your head, just a little bit left, you'd be able to see the screen changing with you. Mm-hmm. If you pivoted right now, not only if you moved your head, but if you went backwards or you went forwards now to do things like that, you need sensors in your right. room so they can pick up, Where your body positioning is. But let's go ahead and throw haptic in. So, if you were there and you have haptic gloves on, you're going to be able to feel the sensation of the wheels in your fingers, okay? How much you grip them. You're going to be able to maybe get the sense of what that's like. You're going to be able to, if there's a warmth, you might be able to sense that in your fingers. Uh, In addition to that, you're going to be able to feel that vibration that you feel when you're driving that race car. You're going to feel that literally uh, going right through your hands, like you're driving a real uh, sports car. But if that's not enough, if you have a vest on, imagine that feeling transferring into your chest and sensors all around your chest and back are now giving you feeling of motion. Tell me that's not wild.
2: That's crazy wild, and boy, it, it just really takes the experience up up a notch and down and into a whole other level.
1: Now I didn't go anywhere yet. That's where we are right now. When we get to the suit, imagine not only your your chest, but your lower area, abdomen, your legs, all the way down, and if you put the boots on or the shoes. You'll have feeling all the way in your whole body of what it feels like, how your leg, how your (laughs) knees feel, what it's going to be sensing when you're sitting in that car. And how your feet actually feel as they're pressing the gas pedal.
2: That's great. Boy, you know, like it it can't come any faster (laughs) because I can just imagine it.
1: (laughs) We're we're almost there. Not yet. The problem is making these things is not inexpensive. So it's not at a level that we can make them uh, very affordably. I think this technology needs to come down to a couple thousand dollars before everyone's just going to go out and just buy it. Right. The haptic glove, we said, if it was available, would be close to five thousand dollars. If they could get it mass production, the glove right now would be a thousand. So if we got the suit down to where it should be, we'd still be at four or five grand for everything. That's still a lot for some people. And if you've got multiple kids in your family and they all want to play this game, well, you're going to have to invest in multiple haptic suits.
2: Yes, so just start saving now, folks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a, a a payment plan so you don't have to put the whole about right down on your credit card or take it right out of your uh, checking account or your savings account. But um, the companies right now are working on this and uh, they are saying that um, this suit that has actually premiered in the CES um, 2021 is going to be ready for sale probably by the end of this year. Right now, they're just trying to see, are there enough people that want this? And then is there a company that's going to go ahead and take that gamble? Because they got to make some really big financial investments to get the cost of this suit down. Who the heck is going to spend $10,000 for a game?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, the glove alone is... If you're trying to get a glove it's not going to do you any good but
1: and it's and it's because the glove and the body has certain um, let's call it skin very similar to your human skin so it mm-hmm. has to feel a certain way you're able to feel the texture and things like that. but the other question is we talked about how it's going to feel being in the car. let's imagine what's one of your favorite um, games where they fight what's one of your favorite fighting games?
2: Uh, let's go with the old uh, Mortal Kombat.
1: Okay, so you're you're in the rink, right? You get to yeah. pick your avatar, which seems so great now. It's like so yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> and you could pick what the person looked like, kind of the, the character a little bit. After you've done that, you can customize uh, the kind of structure they are, their body, etc. Once you've built your body to the ultimate way, you think you're ready to win. So in this game, there isn't a lot at stake. Because if you lose, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. You have to play again, right? I mean, you feel bad that you lost, right? But is there really anything at stake when you play the game?
2: Nothing. Nothing
1: No. (laughs) Let's just suppose, okay, that you had one of these full body suits on with the gloves. And you're fighting somebody. Now, it doesn't matter whether they're there with you or, remember, because of virtual reality, the person could be in another country and you could be fighting somebody. Mm. But you both have these suits on and you're playing the game and you're feeling the pressure and you can feel how your fingertips and how your hand is actually being compressed by these different uh, devices and sensors in your uh, glove. So that's kind of interesting, Right how you're feeling yeah. the 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 pulsing and the sensations of how you you close your uh, your fist to make a fist how you're going to punch because you're actually going to do it really with your hand so let's imagine now that when you throw that punch okay your right hand your left hand and you go punch with that right hand and you hit the other person what normally happens you either knock them down, knock right?
2: did they either knock knock down or it's a point.
1: It's a point exactly. Yeah. So let's just presume that when you punch, now you hear an ow or maybe another four letter word, and the reason <laughs> for that is they actually get the sensation of the blow to their chest or whatever part of the body you hit them in.
2: Yeah. So so we got, so both both ends will be able to feel. You know the whole experience of what's going on in that in that moment,
1: and yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad as somebody actually you know knocking you out, but it's going to give you a blow. It's going to be enough to feel it, enough to feel it, and probably yeah. if you played the game for several hours, you're going to be like, I don't think I want to play this game anymore, or I want to <laughs> win, or I don't want to play. So it's yeah. going to make somebody uh, a little more conscientious, so that when they play the game, it's not going to be so haphazard. Yeah, how yeah. do you think that's going to change uh, the video world for kids? Well, I think it's, things are going to get a little bit
2: more personal with the trash talk. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely going to happen. I mean, you you've heard some people when they they have these uh, headsets on and they're already yeah. using those words when somebody didn't do something right, and it seems so personal. Then imagine now if there's sensors actually on the body, and now the person was playing football and now they're playing this game and now they're literally calling them names because, well, you knew I played football and I told you not to hit me in that wrist. Now it becomes pretty personal.
2: Yeah. So boy, we we just got to be prepared for like the, the good that comes with this and the bad uh, that's coming out of this as well. And, you know, it's definitely going to revolutionize things and, you know, we 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 headed into this this new era of just just gaming, and but again, the, the price tag it's it's going to be showing showing away a lot of people. But once that price tag come down and everybody gets their hands on it, be prepared for just just the just the um the results of um the spoils.
1: Now, I don't want to get too into this to to give you too much uh, out of the bag too early, but. Imagine now a company making a robot, okay? And the robot's $10,000, okay? This company actually already exists, but the robot is not available to the public yet. This robot is basically, let's call it your date. And they've put all the things in this robot to be just like a live human being. From motions to senses, to even putting heating into the person so that if you're close to the person, the person warms up. So you see where we're going, don't you? (laughs) A $10,000 robot (laughs) that is going to be able to learn your personality on artificial intelligence. And you're going to be able to dial in if you want the person to be smart, you want them to be funny. What kind of points do you want in these different areas? And they'll act like that. Do you want them to seem innocent? Do you want them to be standoffish? What do you want? And you can pick these points. So the company now that's starting to work on this already makes these type of entertainment. um, uh, They're calling them dolls at the point now, but they're going to become uh, robots. And they're titling them human companions. And they're going to start their price tag off at $10,000. you're quiet
2: <laughs> and payment plans
1: will be available if you're not happy with the personality well you can just call them and they can change the person's personality but you could actually customize it yourself but they'll have support uh but here's the thing i don't like marcus is all the information about you and them is all in the cloud
2: there's that concern again <laughs> yeah. about joe
1: and um and now we're talking Boy. about now we're talking about your personal intimate data being in the cloud. Who's going to want to capitalize on that? And can we trust those people?
2: Well, we we do know there's a lot of dark sites that would love to like get get their hands on that stuff and, uh, and 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 know how they can you know manipulate it. But then there's a lot of other you know. Uh, Bad actors are that love to, you know, figure out the behaviors of some of your most deepest, darkest secrets?
1: I think the first thing about this uh, type of robot is it's not going to pair to your iPhone or your Android. That's number one. It's going to have its own remote control. So, you're not going to have to worry about that. But it is going to connect to the.
0: You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Internet. Uh, And supposedly they're going to have a very, um, you know, good warranty with it. And the person that started this company just had a goal to make dolls that were very lifelike. They were just very human like. And they just started to add the things that are going to make them A.I. um, friendly. And the senses. And again, you could think about any kind of sense that a human being could have And they're going to try to mimic this. But remember something. These senses are not real. They're synthesized. But when will we know the difference? We may not. No, we won't. Remember the famous basketball player? And there were a couple of them that actually uh, played basketball every single day after school so they could make the team. But then there was another group that never played basketball at all. They stopped practicing, and they just practiced in their mind. And there was a third group that actually did nothing. Well, they were terrible. They, they, they were just really bad. But the group that practiced every day and the group that practiced in their mind actually did very well. In fact, the group that practiced in their mind did slightly better than the people that actually practiced in real life. See, when they were using their mind, they were actually causing the same neurons to fire. In their body, so their body actually thought they were really doing the activities or the exercises
2: yeah this is uh, th- this has been shown as a an, as an experiment this experiment goes way back and uh this this is very true um, how the the brain has the ability to uh, produce results. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just just by simply thinking it, you know, if, you, if you think it, you can you can you can do it.
1: Absolutely. But I don't want you to think that if, uh, you know, you want a, a dragon or a dinosaur or an elephant <laughs> in your room, that he's just going to appear momentarily. There is a little buffer. So if you think about this uh, big animal going to be in your home, don't worry, because he's not going to show up quite <laughs> that quickly. <laughs> All right. Uh, on another serious note, you know, the brain is very important. And uh, deep learning could be worth $30 trillion. Oh, wow. Ooh, you better grab the stocks now. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be very interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. They are working on this, and the ARK Invest believes that deep learning will create a $30 trillion of value over the next 15 to 20 years. So you got time if you want to go ahead and make your investments. You you probably got a a little bit of time there. Um, But it's very interesting because they have been following this trend for a while. The transition from humans writing code, vision to language, and um, how people are relating and how AI is actually formulating from the way humans are and how that's being mimicked. So that's where this is going. And um, there's a lot of companies, as we know, that are trying to capitalize on this. But again, where is all this data gonna be stored, Marcus?
2: (laughs) Yeah, whoever, whoever has more of it will also control the money.
1: Yeah, so so that's a big concern because if somebody comes up with this technology, I almost feel like it should be a shared technology because yeah. otherwise we're going to run into a problem like we did with some of these other big giants online that become monopolies.
2: Yeah, overnight, like, uh, literally overnight, they become a monopoly. They have – you know, uh, billions of dollars in in, in revenue uh, that they're sitting on, and and pushing everyone else out the way. Uh, so, the uh, the the other concern, uh, I mean, I guess the, qu- the question I would have, you know, here, John, is, um, you know, the, will some of these are already existing tech firms uh, get in on this and and use what they already have to you know to pump in. Uh, into the technology, like 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 the Amazons of the world, the Googles, and 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 the other place, uh, other techs.
1: I think there's going to be needing to be something them like a W3C, like we have the consortium for websites security. I think we're going to need something like that in the uh, IoT space, which is the Internet of Things. Uh, that's going to become really critical because everything I've talked to you about is all in the world of the Internet of Things. And there is no legislation or laws currently about the space in which they operate to either allow or disallow anything, specifically or implicitly. Tell me that's not interesting. It
2: just shows you so how how far behind um you know government is with like regulating this stuff um and, and it's and it's moving faster and faster
1: it is so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that and the more devices we talk about i think every device i bring up and i mention that it's connected to the internet or will be i'm always going to be mentioning well where's the data being stored that's like the number one question uh that i want to ask But in some other news, uh, Amazon. Mr. Bezos uh, is stepping down as the Amazon CEO.
2: Amazing. And I can see why he would do it after many years of uh, being there. It it, it, kind of makes sense at this point.
1: I feel just like what he said several years ago, that Amazon is going to implode. It's going to be gone. Now, it may not be tomorrow. He is naming somebody to take over his position. Uh, Andy Jassy, who is the current chief of Amazon's uh, very profitable cloud computing division. But Bezos smart wants... Role. Yep. He's putting him in place. But... I think Bezos knows that Amazon's days are starting to become numbered. Maybe not tomorrow, but he knows it's very close. And Mr. Bezos is a businessman. And despite what we hear from him and the interviews, um, I'll tell you the reason why he's stepping down or why he says he's stepping down. I think it is right. But I also believe that He wouldn't walk away from a cash cow, even though he is one of the, he is the wealthiest person in the world. Why would you walk away from something that's continuing to make you money? Something doesn't add up there, Marcus. No. No. So the reason that he claims he's stepping down is that Blue Origin is going to take his time, and his money. He wants to start creating a space program. Why? We're going to talk about two kids in a sandbox again. Mr. Bezos and... Um, Elon Musk. <laughs> Mr. Elon Musk. Yeah. They seem to not really get along with each other. Have you noticed this? You would think people that have similar financial statuses would actually be amenable to each other but not the case here is it
2: no it's not and and we and we you know we do know that Mr. Musa uh, did pass him up um far as wealth uh when his wealth were, uh, uh you know um went through the roof uh last yeah. month yes so so, yeah, so, yeah, it's
1: it's an, it's an ego thing. I mean, it's there's so thing. much that they could have done together. So he is now working on making a bigger and better space program. And he doesn't say he's trying to challenge him, but that's really what he's doing. He's taking uh, I think he said, what is it? A, a one, um,
2: one, what, billion what, a, one billion, billion a
1: year before. of his yeah. Amazon stock to be liquidated into the or, blue Organ, Origin origin.
2: <laughs> it's just it's just it's just pretty amazing uh to and we, we we you know just to wonder how much space uh stuff that we need going on. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> well, he claims this is what Jeff wants to do. Uh he actually wants to create a world whereby there is very little production on earth and it'll be all produced in space. And just have light production on Earth. And he says... That sounds the first, familiar to someone to It does, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> the starship. And it's like he said he's doing it for his grandkids and their grandkids, but I think it's more than that, Marcus. Yeah. He used the excuse not too long ago that, you know, you can't go order another fancy dinner and you know, he will he'll be out of his wealth. He needs to spend it. He really has this mission. It's almost I don't want to call it a vendetta. But he has a little devilishness in him to really want to crush Elon.
2: Yeah, You really see that with this. And, you know, from from the, you know, similarities in the plan structures and the uh, and, and now the rally's gone, you know, it's just obvious here, you know, and no matter how much you try to tap dance around this, this is definitely uh, something going on here.
1: So who's going to be in space first? So he said tickets will not be on sale yet, but he hopes to have the first vehicle that they've been working on for five years ready by the end of this year. That's pretty fast. <laughs> well, they've been working on it for five years and he's been secretly yeah. funding this group. Oh wow. So this is not something he just woke up yesterday and said, Oh gee, I wanna build a space station. He's been plotting this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know, with stepping
2: down though, you know, it's it's definitely going to ramp, ramp it up faster though. So and you know putting his attention on it you know is
1: that's know, what he's doing he's trying to yeah. get away from amazon because i see two reasons one he wants to put his 100% attention on this new program he wants to be the first one to be at that finish line before elon and i also think he knows cuz he made the statement a while back that amazon is going to implode now did he make that statement a, few, a year or a few years back to get people off track as to why he might be leaving the company. That's another thing that, that kind of circles in my mind. What do you think? Yeah. He says, Amazon is going to implode or is going to become come not exist anymore. And he says, and this is interesting. He says, the reason that he's doing this is he does not want to have stasis. This is his word, which is actually uh, a slowing or stoppage of normal flow of bodily fluid or sem fluid, or the real thing is basically a, a state of static balance or equilibrium, which is what he's referring to as stasis as for Merriam Webster. Uh, so it's stopping a flow. He doesn't want that to happen. And he claims that if he doesn't do this, that that'll happen in so many years. <laughs> I don't know. The pieces just don't all add up, Marcus. He's a very logical man, but this doesn't seem very logical to me.
2: No, it doesn't.
1: And the question then becomes is, if he does this, does he create a monopoly on this? Because he did something also very interesting. Uh, he He bought the post. He also bought Whole Foods. He does things for reasons. Other people asked him to buy their newspaper, and he said no. Will people at Amazon be treated any better or fairly? Because that was always a complaint, Marcus, is that people weren't treated very well at the company. And when we right. hear these rumors all the time. Will, will um, his new counterpart, Andy, treat people any differently? Or will he treat them worse?
2: That's what i wonder. You, you know, that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge question to, to put out there. And and um, we're
1: going to have to just unfortunately wait and see, but I am just very shocked uh, that he did it. And the other thing I was also a little bit perplexed about is why did he do it now? Why didn't he do it January 1st, the start of the year? Mm. Was it just because of what happened with Elon? Seems like it to me.
2: Yeah, it does.
1: Right? If he was really doing this to help the country and the world... I just feel he would have went at this a different way, saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be leaving Amazon in about six months. I'm working on something else. He didn't have to say what it was, but he didn't give anybody any notice.
2: No, he just left. He just he decided to step down here. So just, a, just an overnight exit.
1: Yeah. And I still believe to this day, I mean, I know he has a very successful company, but. Uh, The client service people, they don't really treat people very well on the phone. And they make so many errors, Marcus.
2: Yeah, and you you definitely got to almost give them a pain of blood to get a a refund on things. (laughs) So if when they get it wrong. wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or if you sign up for one of their services, you have to go through pretty much a a major contract, not really, but almost giving them blood to be able to.
0: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
4: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: to get your refund back because they can't look up your account because you don't have the email. They just have excuses for excuses. And my question is, he's successful, but why do we want to create something that is so poorly managed and taking advantage of the workers if that's really what's happening? We don't have a truth on that. Right. In a lot of ways, I don't think he is a role model. What do you think? No, I don't. I
2: don't see it. You, you know, you definitely hit a lot of key points that uh, shaped out shaped out that final conclusion on him and the cards out on him and um definitely we we're going to see what's going to happen to Amazon now um
1: Amazon's you know, so- going to take Amazon's going to take another turn yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they start creating other divisions okay and try to expand too quickly and if they go the way that they're trying to that they may not be around in 10 years. I mean, it's only speculation, but I don't know enough about this, this guy, uh, Andy, do you?
2: No, there's not too much about him.
1: I may mean, he said he's, he's uh-huh. running a very successful division of the company, which is their cloud. I don't know their cloud has issues i know people that use it i don't think it's perfect it's just like they send the message that you could do whatever you want if you have the money and you can give poor customer service and you can just keep making money on volume i just don't like that message marcus no i don't like that message at all so We'll have to see where he's going, but I'm sure uh, him and uh, Elon are definitely going to be uh, twisting tails in the future. More than <laughs> once, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, know, we never, we never I know that Elon, uh, you know, because he was willing to work with uh, Apple. Okay, he was a gentleman. He went to Apple. And that took pride for him to do that. And Apple turned him down. So yeah. I think Elon is the bigger man here. He's always seeming to do what's right and really concerned about the world. I don't know if Jeff's concerned about the world or not. He might be liking this project because this project might be making him an extra $10 million a month jeff is all about the money yeah that's what i get with him and i don't think even though he said that he is uh very well uh liked with his family that they like him very much and they had some comical things they said i just feel it's like the story that you know you can teach um a dog tricks but the dog that doesn't want to learn those tricks you know the new dog you can teach tricks but The old dog doesn't really want to learn those tricks. No. Some do. And I just feel that his stature and his prominence and his mission, it's only for him. Even though he says he's doing all this for the world, I don't believe him. He's not fooling me one bit. I generally have a belief With Elon, even though I don't know him well, and I'm hoping we'll get him on the show one day, that he actually cares about people. I mean, he wants to make money. I get that. But I mean, he had people that were stealing from him. And they didn't even prosecute them right away. He's not such a bad guy. He didn't wind up almost having them arrested until they basically tried to infiltrate his system with a virus after he was nothing but good to them. I know Elon seems to treat his employees very well. We hear that Jeff doesn't treat his employees well, but I know that's speculation, but why would people lie if they weren't being treated well?
2: They won't. They, it, it's just, they just wouldn't, you know? They, they wouldn't tell. It to go out there and spreading, spread false rumors.
1: So it's going to be interesting, but... Um... So Mark Zuckerberger is the last founder to be CEO of a tech giant after Bezos hands Amazon and uh, rejoins uh, the new person with the Washington Post. So I think that's another interesting thing, because Bezos, as we said, owns the Washington Post. Uh, He used Amazon's position in e-commerce to build two adjacent businesses, the cloud business uh, with web services and the Amazon third party seller marketplace. And those made him wildly successful but everything that's been done actually happened from everybody else he didn't do it he had an idea and let's face it marcus he got lucky he got lucky he didn't lift one finger to make these companies Mm -hmm. no and why would you buy a company like the washington post We really didn't get a truthful answer. He just seems like he's going to fly under the radar. He's going to do what he wants until either Elon or somebody else surpass him. And when that happens, one of two things is going to happen. Mr. Uh, Bezos is going to work a lot harder to try to beat them. Or... It may be his time to retire. Because if he's not the top man anymore. It's not really going to matter much. I just feel that somebody else could make a big comeback in space. I don't know if it's him, if it's going to be Elon or if it's other people. But I feel that space, everybody wants this because it has a huge, infinite amount of money to it yeah nobody's really doing it because it's good for our environment. I mean come <laughs> off it
2: <laughs> yeah uh I don't yeah no yeah no one never gets into anything completely free um <laughs> there's not too many people around still around like those that, that so
1: yeah, it gotta be interesting, but uh, this has been an interesting show I have one more uh topic I wanna bring up, and this is something that's been happening for a while and it's called WFH. Now that's a G word uh, and it stands for work from home. Uh, But what does it mean? So remote working has kind of been a little distorted. Uh, Some people might say the line has gotten um, very uh, confused. And um, by that, people's personal time and the time that they're on the clock. Because if you say to somebody work X hours, The amount of time that they're working, how do you know they're really working, Marcus? How do you really know? Are they home? Are they working eight hours or are they just working two hours? What do you think? We might have lost some audio here. But it's going to be interesting because a lot of people are starting to realize that they can just work from home, but they're really beating their companies out of the money. They're not really giving the work that they're supposed to be delivering.
2: I can't. I think we're back now. Uh, I
1: think you're back. You you took a siesta. We lost your audio for a little bit. But what we were saying is that the you know the um the companies, they're really getting short-shafted, Marcus. You know, they put in eight hours, but they're really not putting eight hours in.
2: Yeah. I'd definitely getting the, the end of the uh, No, it's <laughs> No, it's not eight hours. It's not. No, and there's no way um, completely monitor these hours unless you, you add some type of uh, software to contract these hours.
1: Yeah, there are apps uh, that you can use and people can log in. But what I see a lot, Marcus, is that even though you know you make these apps available for your employees or your contractors, they make excuses as to why they can't use them they can't connect there's a problem with the app now some of this might be legitimate but a lot of times it may not be and now it becomes down to something like well i'll just put my hours down on a napkin well how can we submit your hours that you put on a napkin for the weekly payroll that's a problem that is that that is definitely it's, it's definitely cute. a problem so You know, I I think this has been a great show. I think we've learned a lot this show. Uh, You know, we heard from Robin and we learned about uh, how they're protecting the crops in the fields. Uh, We talked about uh, what's happening with Mr. Jeff Bezos. And we talked about uh, his rival, Mr. Elon Musk. And then we talked about uh, our kid from Facebook, Mr. Zuckerberger, and uh, the gentleman, uh, Mr. Tim Cook. From Apple, just people just seem to have personality issues. And I find Marcus, it doesn't matter whether they have a million dollars or they have a penny to their name. People have personality issues with lots of people in our world, don't they? It's like a common thread I've been seeing with the pandemic. More of this has been rearing its head because I think a lot of people don't have the patience anymore, which is sad.
2: It's very sad.
1: Well, it has been another great show, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it has.
1: It so we, uh, are, I wonder. we are at the end of our time. And uh, I do want to invite you first to check us out next week, uh, Friday night at 5.30 p.m. We have Nancy Mello, uh, who's going to be on the show, who is uh, part of the uh, Transform You family. And she'll be on... Um, Uh, talking to us about what's happening now with her and readings in the pandemic and how her business has changed so that'll be pretty interesting but listen ladies gentlemen if you have a product that you would like me to either unbox uh review head on over to jmor.com it's free tell us what product uh, that you'd like me to unbox we'll reach out to you you can donate that to us and we'll be happy to uh do a review on that product as well. And if we like it, we'll even invite you on the show. If you are uh someone you know would like to be a guest on the J Moore Tech Talk Show, you can visit our website, let us know that you'd like to be a guest, uh, what topic. And we do want you to understand that this show is all about value. So it's not where somebody's gonna come on here and sell you a staple or sell you a cell phone or uh get you involved with some service. It's not about that, ladies and gentlemen. It's about providing value. So if you know people like that, they can be authors, uh, they can be um, thought leaders, they can be business owners, and they can be from anywhere around the globe. Uh, That's really important. I also wanna give you a teaser. We have uh, John Hart actually coming up later this month, who is a well-known uh, New York uh, author who has uh, written some amazing books. We're going to get to talk to him. And just to give you uh, another little uh, tip of who's coming up this month, just so you can definitely stay tuned. We always want you to stay tuned. But uh, some other great guests uh, that are going to be coming up uh, is we have Jason uh, uh who's known around the world for a lot of his networking skills and how he connects with people. So we're going to get to learn about that uh, in uh, March we're actually going to get to hear from a gentleman who has actually made the first cell phone call yes ladies and gentlemen you heard that right in 1974 he helped design the cell phone with motorola and he made the first cell phone call and he called one of his friends who works for uh, a similar company so i thought that was uh gonna be something really interesting so again i just want to thank you very much for joining into the J. moore tech talk show And of course, Marcus, always appreciate you being a great co-host and commentary for us. I know our viewers appreciate that. And we're going to see you next Friday night when 5.30 p.m. Eastern. If you do happen to miss any of our shows, don't worry. Just go to jmor.com under shows, and uh, you'll actually be able to find the show. And within 14 days after the show, we have a full transcription of the show right on our website. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues the place that you need to be if you want to know about tech right here on the Transform U um, Network at the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And I'll see you next Friday night, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Be smart. Be safe. Practice social distancing. And if somebody happens to ruffle your feathers, well, don't ruffle them back. Just take a deep breath. Count to five or ten take two or three more if you like, they're free, and then approach the situation. And I think you'll find, just like I was saying, if we choose to react to a situation in a different manner than we may have been, it's going to greatly affect not just our lives, but how other people think about us and give us a much more positive experience. Again, I'm John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur and the host of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. See you next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com.
0: You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.